Welcome to the Footy Museum and the Footy Museum Podcast. I am Justin Witte. My co-director, Maria Van Dyken Lee, is off in Scandinavia view, viewing the Northern Lights with her husband, Jeremy, which leaves me back here in dreary Chicago and really in a dreary world. This has been a kind of awful week um, in world news with the events in Israel and Gaza um, and ongoing conflicts across the world. It's a hard time to think about sport, but it's important to, to remember that these moments of coming together uh, can build community and connections to counter a lot of the forces currently at play uh, around the world and coming into our lives every day that make these days seem extra dark. One of those communities we're going to talk about today, I have a special guest, Cheryl Sheckman, who is a member of the Terminus Legion supporter group for Atlanta United. Cheryl has been a supporter of the club since their inception, their first season in 2017. It's hard to believe that Atlanta United uh, was named an expansion team almost 10 years ago. It all seems so fresh, kind of the exciting uh, reveal of their amazing logo, the development of their team with a lot of star-studded or a lot of promising South American players drawn, of course, to Atlanta to play with the famous Tata Martino, who had agreed to coach this expansion side all in a new, eventually in a new stadium, Mercedes-Benz, which is a crown jewel in the center of Atlanta, a stadium that those supporters, against all odds, would fill and make really one of the fortresses of American football. Um, Cheryl's going to talk to us about her time with the Legion, her work on specific TIFOs, some of the interesting stories and what goes into creating that work, and really her experience of coming in as, as not really a soccer fan at all, um, but being drawn in to uh, a really lead supporter for Atlanta United. So with that, I'm going to jump to my interview with Cheryl Sheckman. All right, Cheryl, thanks so much for talking to me today. I know this was kind of a long time in the works, a lot of emails, but I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm really fascinated uh, by Atlanta United in general because I've been a fan of uh, MLS for a long time and I distinctly remember almost a decade ago now where they announced that this uh, expansion club was coming to uh, Atlanta and there was a lot of skepticism within the U.S. soccer community. It was kind of the first major non-Florida-based Southern team. Uh, people weren't really aware of what the culture was soccer-wise in Atlanta. And I think that on top of that, the idea that they were going to play in the beautiful but giant uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, that was being built, people also wondered, like, is this going to be kind of an empty, old school kind of thing where we have these large football stadiums that are mostly empty. A lot of us early MLS fans remember those days. A lot of us Chicago Fire fans still experience those days. But Atlanta came in and proved everybody wrong. Um, 
you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, those are some of the most exciting seasons. And it really helped push the league and seeing players uh, like uh, Joseph Martinez, uh, Miggy Almarone, St. Miggy, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, see a coach at the level of Tata Martino come into the league. But more importantly, everyone was wrong about the supporters. I mean, um, the speed of which the the city and the fans coalesced around Atlanta United and the game day experience they created was phenomenal. So I know that you um, have been a fan since the start um, and you are part of Terminus Legion, which started in um, 2014, but you didn't actually join until uh, 2018. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, what is your story? How did you get involved? So I grew up, my story is actually interesting from all of soccer. Um, I grew up in the Atlanta area. I've been here and moved, my parents moved here since I was one. Um, I didn't grow up with soccer. I didn't play soccer. I didn't know anything about soccer. I knew what it was. It was <laughs> a ball. It was black and white and speckled and you kick it into a goal, right? That's all I really knew. So when, um, in 2014, when they announced the team, I didn't really think anything of it. I probably didn't even know at first until mm -hmm. um, it was joined as a founding member. I think it was $50 and you're in, right? Oh, and wow. that $50 yeah. goes towards your season tickets. And we said, what the heck, right? Let's do it. So mm -hmm. um, we, between the, the two of us, we did one founding member seat. And then we went in for that first year. There were a group of six of our friends. Um, and we had four tickets between the six of us because, right, we had no idea. What if it was terrible? <laughs> we didn't necessarily want to go to every game. We didn't know. And I knew, I really knew nothing about soccer. I think there's a photo of me at um, the Gold Cup at the Georgia Dome. Um, okay. it, U.S. men's team is probably like one of my first soccer matches ever. And one of my friends took a picture. I'm just sitting on my phone with this look like I'm not amused. Like, it's probably the most great thing ever, which now that I look back, I can't believe that that's what was going on. But I knew Well, to be fair, most people watching the U.S. men do have that look. <laughs> so. Um, so I really just, I didn't know anything. Um, we show up, um, I think we bought our, our DH gate jerseys because I wasn't shelling out $150 for, you know, a real jersey. So we show up at the first game in our obviously fake jerseys. Um, it was it was electric. Um, we were yeah. at Bobby Dodd, home of Georgia Tech. It's a little bit smaller. Um, it's outdoors. And it was just electric is really the only thing to say. The entire stadium stood for 90 minutes. Yeah. It was sold out. And I think from that moment, I was obsessed. Um, I... I learned every single player that we had. It took a while because at first I didn't know anything, but all of the players became my children. They yeah. were my boys. Like, I knew where they were from. I knew their age and where they went to school. I knew their height and their, you know, I knew everything. Um, not quite stalker level, but right. I just, I wanted to know everything about this team um, yeah. because it was fun. Um, although before that, I guess backtrack, we had a founding member event when they revealed um, our gorgeous logo. Oh, um, phenomenal, phenomenal it was, logo. Yeah. It was for founding members only. And we went to this, it was at a nightclub, but they announced the logo and what it meant. And then we did, um, we did our first TIFO. I don't know who actually made it, but we were all under it and the TIFO went over us. And I will admit now that um, I did have to go and look what a TIFO was because I had no idea. <laughs> Well, how would you know? How would you well, know? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I had absolutely no idea what it was, but it was just something about whatever they did. Marketing did it right. I, I don't know what they did, but everybody mm -hmm. just got 
sucked in. And then just the electricity from being at those matches um, was just amazing. And so before we moved from Bobby Dodd in 2017, um, we sold our tickets or maybe one of the games we didn't have, we bought tickets in the supporter section. And so yeah. we marched, um, I guess it was our first, my first March, we marched from Bobby Dodd and we went, um, or sorry, from the varsity parking lot in Atlanta, which is where the, the supporters were tailgating back in the day. Okay. And we sat in the supporter section. That was my first supporter section, um, experience. And it was amazing. It was the last yeah. Bobby, Dodd game. it was just ridiculous. And did they have a capo stand set up at Bobby Dodd too? Like the full? It was little. It was just like, I yeah. feel like it was one of those like marching band, like a drum major stand. It was something small. Um, and it was a much smaller section, but it still was, you know, I was like, there's trumpets behind me. There's, there's a trumpet <laughs> behind me. You know, and, and I went from that to having, um, not knowing anything to, I'm on the board for Terminus Legion. I was vice president during Corona, you know, during COVID yeah. in 2020. I've been TIFO lead for four years. Um, I played the trumpet in the supporter section. Um, so I went from kind of nothing to all of that. Um, it wasn't until 2018 that we finally joined Terminus Legion um, okay. because I was like, how do we get involved? I love this. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so we went, I think every time we had gone to the supporters tailgates, we had migrated towards the Terminus Legion tent. Um, so at that point there were four official groups and right. for whatever reason, we just felt connected when we stopped by Terminus Legion and we just felt comfortable. So we went to the first watch party in 2018 um, and we joined. It was Houston. We lost, I think, terribly. But we joined that day and I really never looked back. I think the next week I was working on a TIFO for a home opener for 2018. Um, That's amazing. It is. And what really what Terminus Legion did for me, um, we had just my mother-in-law passed in January of 2018 and we joined Terminus Legion in March and we could be ourselves because nobody yeah. knew our backstory. Um, not to say that our other friends, you know, we couldn't be ourselves around them, but everybody wanted to know how we were doing and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Terminus Legion really helped me. Um, I got to be me because nobody yeah. knew. Um, and that, I think it's a lot of why I feel so, I feel like I owe TL so much because they helped us in such a, it's a really tough time, but we got through it with soccer and TL specifically. That's a, such an amazing uh, story. And really, I think gets to the, the heart of, of, of what people discover in supporting mm -hmm. a soccer club or football club, depends on what you say, is uh, finding a community that's totally engaged where you're simultaneously supported, but allowed to just focus on the club if you want to, like you know you have that support around you, but you don't have to dwell in your everyday, whatever that moment is, um, not that you're excluded from it. Um, and I think it's, it's clearly unique in sport. And when I think about to how I was introducing you, saying there was a lot of skepticism about Atlanta um, what do you think it is about that community that took so quickly uh, to Atlanta United that really surprised everyone, to be honest? I think we had, obviously not me, because I didn't, I, I can't even kick a soccer ball still. Like, I don't even know where it's going <laughs> to But we had a, there was a community here that we had, people were huge Silverbacks fans. Um, okay. You know, we had the Silverbacks. So many people grew up playing soccer and we didn't have it. So I think that whole community was waiting 
for something to show up here. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm probably in the minority that I didn't play soccer at all. Um, right. Definitely didn't watch the Silverbacks, right? I think we had that community. And then or Atlanta is a lot of transplants. They are people from all over, mm-hmm. right? So they played soccer somewhere else. They've come down here and maybe they, they've been down here long enough that there was no soccer team where they came from, mm-hmm. right? When they came here. Um, but I think everyone was just waiting and just waiting for something. I, I think we had that soccer community that needed an outlet. Um, well, it's, it's been amazing. And it doesn't hurt that the team found success so early. Um, I'm, and I'm wondering, now that you're in the TL, you're working on the TFOs, you're in the supporter stand every day. What was it like to watch that first iteration of Atlanta, even when they were at Bobby Dodd, they were pretty good. But then you you move into the Benz, and oh, they are world class. I mean, that was the team, and um, and you're winning cups. You're you're taking on Mexican giants. It's like, yeah. um, what what is that experience? It, Please tell like, me. I'm a Chicago Fire fan. I need to know. <laughs> it's hard to explain because I mean, it just. That first year, so when we got Tata Martino, we got players mm-hmm. who signed to play for Tata, not to play for yeah. Atlanta, they signed to play for him. So he built his team, um, and we knew we only had him for two years. Um, once Miggy got started, oh, I miss my Miggy. But once he got started, right, we knew he was not here for very long. Um, you know, Tito Viaba, he was here to play for mm-hmm. Tata all of that, that full crew for those first two years, they weren't here for, you know, they weren't here for Atlanta United. They were here for Tata, but they became Atlanta United. They became a team. They became this. We loved seeing all of the social media posts. They were, um, they kind of, they named themselves La Banda. And even outside of soccer, they were all together hanging out, doing stuff, just all of, you know, Joseph and Miggy became just, you know, buddies and just the Hispanic group of players they just got really close and they were Mm -hmm. hanging out all the time everywhere and i think um michael parkhurst right he was our first captain right um, and he was great for for having a first captain of a team um he was actually in atlanta um last weekend and we couldn't make the game he hit the golden spike i was very sad to have missed um him back in atlanta because i think he's he's not here anymore but um yeah just they did it right. We had Tata, we had the marketing, we had Uncle Arthur who had the money to throw in. Right. Um, they made us want to be a part of it. I mean, I know Joseph Martinez was the top selling jersey for a while in the MLS, um, yeah. at least that first year or two. And then just the, have you been to the Benz? I have not been, no. It so looks it's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it's like nothing else. Um, when it's full, when we have 70,000 fans yeah. in that stadium, it's just, it's amazing. It's loud and the players feed off of it. So, you know, home field advantage is one thing, but home field advantage in Atlanta being there, they feed off of our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, it's, it's so hard to describe the experience. We were talking uh, earlier this year with um, uh, supporters from St. Louis who, who have, in a lot of ways, I've learned from Atlanta and other teams like LA that have come in prior to them about how how to successfully build this culture. St. Louis, similar to Atlanta, where there was a lot of history of soccer. Um, and I was asking them, and I'll ask you as well, 
that feeling of when you're in the supporter section and either you, you do a display or you start a chant and it's recognized or taken up by 70,000 people, um, in that moment, you know, you are, you are in the center stage the way the top player on the field is. And yeah. what does that feel like? I mean, what does that feel like? I mean, you just chose, there was no barrier to support this team. And you can walk in, find this community, and all of a sudden be directing that meant that much energy, that many voices. What does that feel like? So our seats are not in the supporter section, so we only okay. do it a couple times a year. But just hearing the Atlanta, you know, one of our cheers that just say, you know, the supporters say Atlanta, the rest of the stadium says United. Yeah. And it's just loud because everybody is doing it. Um, mm -hmm. it's, there's just something else. Um, the acoustics are not the best in the stadium, so sometimes you can't hear, no matter how loud the supporters are, um, sometimes <laughs> you can't hear, even when we open it to 70. And if the roof's open, I feel like we lose a little bit yeah. um, of the noise, but it's it's still loud. Um, mm -hmm. But being in the section with the chance, being on the Atlanta, United, right? It's You're just leading everybody, I guess. I mean, it's yeah. it's awesome. It is amazing. So you you weren't a soccer player, didn't know much about it. You you joined um, uh, Terminus Legion, and all of a sudden you are creating TIFOs, which you didn't even know what they were, right? I didn't even know what they were. Um, so yeah, so in 2019, so I had been a member for a year, and um, they were looking for TIFO leads. So I did. Um, I was a co-TIFO lead in um, 2019, and that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I built my fair share of TIFOs just in 2018 because I had only, I had just joined. So I probably went to every TIFO build that any of the groups did, but I, yeah. I want to say I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't know all the logistics around it whatsoever. I've learned a lot um, in mm -hmm. my years. Um, that first year after the cup, we actually, I thought it was pretty awesome, but we attempted to turn the page from chapter two where we won the cup to chapter three where we were now and we actually had the tifo and it turned so the page turned um the night before it worked great the day <laughs> of there was a really large knot in the rigging and oh, it no. didn't turn the day up, um which is very bummer like very upsetting but like we turned we had a moving tifo um, that was the first TIFO I did. One mm -hmm. of the other things that we are cha were challenged with um, is that the supporter section, right behind the supporter section, is this giant window. Right. So any TIFO that goes up, we have this backlit, backlit everything. So in 2019, um, it was this. Yeah. yeah, you can see the backlit there. So behind that, we've got a giant, um, thick black, um, paint, like six mil painter's tarp under that to try to keep the glare on it. So that's actually in the front um, using the field goal net. But in 2019, we had rigging that was behind the supporter section okay. and it went back. It was about a hundred feet long and about 50 feet tall. Whereas mm -hmm. this TIFO is, I think, a 40 feet wide by 80 feet tall. Okay. So imagine it like flipped, but imagine the back lighting would be completely above, right? It would be completely with the back Right, and right, so, right by the window. So just completely transparent. Right. So I had one that we worked hard on. Um, we didn't have a really a designer at that point. So we got someone to help us and we tried to mm -hmm. do this outline thing. It was on black fabric 
and um, it was just pretty much black fabric with just some outlines. It was like red, yellow, and white. It wasn't a lot of colors, but we put, we had a white tarp that year. Mm-hmm. It went up the night before and the team said that does not look good. It cannot go up because of the mm. light. Because we're never at a, when the TIFO goes up, it's never dark. Right. So I've had a TIFO, right? All that work and the TIFO didn't even get to get used. And it was specific to to this day i still cry over it because it was specific to a team and then and that was 2019 so we never had it in 2020 because of covid right 2021 we were just getting back in and Barely at that him. point it was team specific and player specific so all of the players that it mattered i don't think any of the players were on atlanta united or dc at that point so yeah. at portico um yeah lost to time yeah yeah. Um, you mentioned that the the club didn't approve that one, so it didn't get used. What is your process for uh, design creation, and then what approval process does it have to go through? Like, is Atlanta United supportive, <laughs> or is it kind of like you just waiting for thumbs up or thumbs down without really any prior? I think we know what the club wants, right? They obviously um, we have to stay within the MLS code of conduct um right so that's first and foremost um right anything to promote apple tv yeah i get it (laughs) we're a google Google house house, it's very hard to have on my arm but uh obviously right anything political if anything is up there that's uh political Mm -hmm. it's kind of iffy on what they're going to do with it um terminus legion just as a whole we try to avoid any of that Anyway, so most of our stuff right. is hopefully going to get approved. Um, you know, we send it into the FO, and then I'm not sure exactly who approves it at that point, but I know okay. we had one. Um, I didn't give you pictures of it, but it was one we did for Charlotte last year, and it was um, Uncle Arthur. Um, it's the it's it was our first Charlotte's first match in Atlanta, and um, when their I think when their owner had said "screw that city." Um, Mint City Collective made shirts that said screw that city with the upside down A. So we did our TIFO with Uncle Arthur in a suit like this and his shirt said we are that city. And our <laughs> the A in that was like our our A with our golden spike. Um, but mm-hmm. we had some phrasing on there um, that it wasn't phrasing. It was kind of an acronym that's a supporters thing, but it was okay. on the shirt um, and some bad words. If yeah. you say the whole thing out and we were told that can be on the TIFO, but not on his shirt because he's the owner. So oh, that wow. one had to go to Arthur to get approved because he was on it. Um, uh, so, right. That's it. So we had a change around um, just the language. I mean, it was just like four letters, but we had to change what those were on that right. because, because it was him, I think. Um, but otherwise I really haven't, you know, sometimes they're like, what does this mean? You know, like, can you explain this? Because they really have no clue. Um, what yeah. It is. But I, so, as long as it's Cheryl, in the code of conduct, we're usually fine. <laughs> Cheryl, let's look at a few of these. And if you want to explain, I'm sorry if these are out of chronological order. They are, um, but that is okay. Um, so, so what, this, what are we looking at here? This is 2021 Hispanic Heritage Month. Okay. Um, and so we had, how many players is that? One, two, three, four, five. What, 11? That's 10, 10, I 12, think. 10, yeah. Whatever it is, those are our Hispanic um, 
players and we took, you know, I took a Jersey and then we put their flag in it. And then I got the number, um, you know, we put their number on it. So okay. the seven Venezuela um, is, you know, Joseph Martinez, the 10 at the top yeah. is uh, Marcelino Moreno. We have um, Barco. We didn't have uh, Tiago Amati yet. So he's not on this, but that's all of our Hispanic players. Um, and it's just, you know, we're all united for a single passion. Um, yeah. And then we've got our, the four countries that are represented in the not so straight flags um, on the side. And I think I'm underneath, I was in the sports section for this one. I think I'm underneath the Argentina flag. Um, okay. <laughs> the or first or second row in that one. Um, this one's actually, um, this one was, so this one and then another one, I hope you'll show it. But um, that year we had some issues with space. Okay. Um, finding a space to use to build our TIFO. So if this one is backed by a thick plastic backing, but if you were to pull that backing up, you would see another TIFO. Oh right my behind. gosh, amazing. <laughs> um, so we, we started to do cut and paste and we started to recycle. Um, okay. This TIFO was made in my house. So wow. the globe- and How big is this house? How big is your house? It's pretty big. It's 5,000 okay. square feet. But, um, but my, the for a banner in, that huge, it's still, it's still. Right. So for a wall in my living room, we were able to put up a projector and everything got traced um, in the living room. So all of this is actually cut and paste. Okay. So all of the fabric is, um, all the jerseys are done with colored fabric. Okay. Um, and then we trace the colored fabric and it's just double-sided carpet tape together. So those Argentina oh. jerseys, it's a piece of blue, a piece of white, a piece of blue. And then um, what I did for the, I guess, Argentina and Mexico and Paraguay, I actually ordered little banners at Walgreens um, for the crests and cut those out. Because someone Ooh. suggested to like, buy flags. I was like, I'm not cutting up someone else's flag and gluing it right. on there. And I want all feeling. the detail in their flag. So we ordered those. Um, so those were printed. But the stars on the Venezuela jerseys, I used my cricket. The numbers, I used my cricket. So it was gold fabric, and then it's all with this heavy-duty spray and double-sided carpet tape. Um, every single thing is cut and paste. The letters were cut out on white fabric and then painted white to give it oop. But, um, you know, I, I've got pictures of those letters hanging on clotheslines in my driveway and in my oh, garage. That's amazing. Right. And I think we're going to try to share some of these process photos yeah. of yours uh, through our website so people get yeah, a but sense that, of that. The earth was in my, that earth was, um, we did paint the soccer ball and the, uh, you know, Latin America that was painted in my basement. Well, it's a, it's a great piece. And I think especially for Atlanta with, with really paving the way, especially bringing in top level South American talent. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it is really known as an international club for sure. And then what, what are we looking at here? So this is actually this. So the, this is the same day that that other TIFO never flew. So okay. at least I got TIFO out of it. So um, we were asked that year to do a TIFO for our unified team. Okay. This is the first ever unified TIFO. And I wasn't actually designing TIFOs yet. I was leading mm -hmm. them, but I didn't do any designing. I designed this one while simple. Um, it was still really, really cool to design this mm -hmm. TIFO be a part of it so this was 2019 um i think july but this is after the match you see on the field all the unified players you have unified players you have their 
coaches. Um, there's probably the Atlanta United, um, probably Brad Guzan might be there. Some of the Atlanta United players that were like, you know, unified liaisons, but the mm -hmm. supporters are down there too. I mean, I'm, I'm short. So like I'm hiding back there, but to have this picture after the unified match and have this TIFO, they loved it. Um, I've actually been able to do two unified TIFOs, um, two TIFOs for the unified team. And it's just, it's so special for them to have mm -hmm. this, to be able to like, it was, it was a very special moment um, to have been able Could to you design. explain to anyone listening or watching um, what unified is? Yeah, it's um really, it's just the special Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's with the special Olympics. So that is the special Olympics um, logo, logo yeah. sort of kind of in there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you've got players and then partners um, right. and they're all young kids. So you can age out of it. We've got some people that have finally aged out, which is very sad because we love watching them play. But um, members of the Atlanta United actually come and help them. Um, they're not coaches, but I think they give them guidance and mentorship. Um, and the supporters are invited to, um, we do a unified signing day every year. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been to, I think three of those um, to watch them sign that contract, get their jersey. It's, it's and amazing. they have the, they have the supporters in the back doing the chants and we come up with specific chants for the specific players. Um it's really neat to be a part of that. So to be able to tie this the TIFO in and make them feel special is it was just great. So when you are when you when you start this group because you're enjoying the atmosphere and the team, unbeknownst to you, you're really becoming a community organization, right? And I noticed that that there's a number of, of things that Terminus Legion does and has done in the community. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about that? Well, we so we have three pillars for Terminus mm -hmm. Legion. It's support, service, and community. So support is game day support, right? We are mm -hmm. supporting the team. That's really our number one. That's why we're here. That's why we all yeah. come together. Yeah. Um, service and community sort of go together, um, but we we donate um, funds from every tailgate to a charitable organization. Um, it just depends on what, the, what month it is. Um, you know, so we've donated to um, trying to think all kinds of different organizations really mm -hmm. um, that are, I don't know if the board and leadership have chosen it. Sometimes we offer it up to our members. Sometimes we'll put a poll out, you know, who do you want this to go to, but everything from pets to, um, Black Lives Matter organizations. Um, I assume we've we've done some LGBT. LG, oh my goodness, <laughs> we've yeah. done LGBTQ plus. Um, yeah. We've you know we've done all kinds of organizations, um, wounded warriors, that kind of thing. So uh, we donate money, and then we also do volunteer events. Um, we try to do one one once a month. Um, I think we planted trees or something with trees Atlanta. We didn't actually plant, but we were, we were weeding the area so that the good plants could grow, get could the weeds go. out. Yeah. So we've done That's a funny. lot of different things. We've cleaned up, um, the river area. We've, uh, done packed food for the homeless. Mm -hmm. We've done some school supplies, some drives for school supplies. Um, there's a diaper bank that we've, um, collected diapers for. Um, so we've done a lot of that thing. So that's a big part of Terminus Legion is that community and that support um, and just supporting our community, you know, yeah. really our community. Supporting the team and also the, yeah. the city it's in. All right. When so you're this, offered Atlanta 90, you'd go for it. Go that's the story it. So, behind that. 
This TIFO, this one is special. Um, so this is June, August of 2021. Um, mm -hmm. And about maybe about two weeks before we were supposed to start working on the TIFO, we found out that we did not have a space to do it. Okay. And this is against the national game. And I had this amazing design that um, it was actually going to be my first TIFO that I had designed myself going up. And it was okay. just this amazing design, tons of paint, tons of detail. When you don't have a space, you can't do that. So yes. within a week, we came up with this idea. Um, someone said, why don't we do cut and paste? And okay. I'm like, well, I have a house. I have a driveway and a basement and a living room and a dining. We can use every room in my house to do this. So we start um, working. This is actually the first match that our that um, Gonzo Pineda was in Atlanta okay. for. So okay. we thought it'd be fun to welcome him with a TIFO. And so yeah. um, what we did, so we we bought the black fabric, we put it together. And then again, all of those letters, we traced, um, we traced them and then we cut them out, painted them white. Mm -hmm. um, the red, so that TIFO that never flew, we had a card stunt behind it that had been almost all the way set up Okay. that we had to take down. So that red is those little plastic sheets from a card stunt um, cut in half. And we just sprayed, I think I bought every adhesive at Home Depot and Michael's. And I had this thing with writing which adhesive it was. And I was pulling and seeing how good everything was. So we found this awesome spray adhesive. Um, so again, this one is all spray adhesive. Um, and that gold roll of foil, it, I mean, it's all, that's I love the, the gold. It, it's from. such as, yeah. I think when he was in Seattle, there was a picture of him walking by like this. And so I was able to get a really good silhouette of it. But this was that first cut and paste. So what we did for that Hispanic Heritage Month is we just flipped this one over and did okay. Hispanic ones on the back. Apparently it was pretty heavy to uh, raise up that way because there were two TIFOs <laughs> on it. Um, but this was the first of our cut and paste TIFOs built at, at my house. And then what happens to them after the game, after the match? Are they recycled into future works or are they, are they still in my garage in a big pile? Um, and I will say, so we're because we had to learn how to cut and paste, we've also gotten into, we're very green with our TIFOs. Okay. So when we were doing one of our, the one with um, Uncle Arthur, he had a black suit on and I ran out of black fabric. So if you see all this space that's black with nothing on it, it's been cut out and put onto Uncle Arthur's suit. Or when we couldn't find a grommet machine and I needed to make a TIFO a little bit bigger, guess mm -hmm. what? I used the top of that to grommet and attach it to another TIFO so it would go up. So it's kind of been piecemealed. Um, it's in my garage somewhere, but it's cut. It, it's not in good shape anymore. Um, <laughs> it's all, you know, it's cut. And then all the Hispanic heritage stuff is pulled off of it. So all the jerseys came off of it. Um, and some people took jerseys. Um, I actually turned one. I remade one of those for Tiago Almada when he came back from the World Cup. We met him at the yeah. airport. So he signed He signed the 16 because oh, it was amazing. Number there, right? So like a lot of it, we just kind of pull off and use again. So why didn't he bring Messi to your team then? I don't know. <laughs> but you also have a lot of, uh, uh, you've created like a lot of MLS teams, a great pipeline into your own. Yeah, into your we own. definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah. Me Messi and Joseph and Tata Martino being on. Yeah. It's a little, it, it hurts a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. They're out of the playoffs and you're not. So that's fine. <laughs> so we're looking at a homegrown uh, uh, banner yes. in this one. Um, we like to celebrate our players, right? So mm -hmm. we did the Hispanic Heritage one. Um, this one was actually against Orlando. And instead of, instead of, you, you know. You guys always have beef with Orlando. Is that still well, the case? You know, or is that just a Joseph thing? Oh no, we have beef with Orlando, but I think ignoring Orlando and the TIFO, I think was kind of a, I feel like the it's been on its own, right? We didn't even mention that they existed in this one. Um, so this one, um, what we did, um, we actually, for this blue, so the white that you see up there, um, that white, we double layered a TIFO beforehand that was um, white. We wanted to make sure you couldn't see through it. So we had one TIFO and then a whole layer of white behind it. Okay. This piece of white is that back layer that already had gone up for a previous TIFO that year. So okay. it's now being used a second time. And then what I discovered, the thing behind it um, is um, it's a greenhouse tarp. It is to black out a greenhouse. It's white on one side and black on the other side. So once I discovered this and I ordered oh. it, um, you can see a little bit on the edges of this one, but so this white had already flown once. Um, we, I had a picture, I took, a, that's a, the Atlanta skyline there is from a picture I took. So I thought it was really cool to use a photo I took mm -hmm. and I traced it out in Illustrator to get the skyline um, in so you could see it. But we laid it out in one of our, um, our president's backyard um, and we had taped the skyline down, but we just took a sprayer and we painted, instead of rolling it, we sprayed it. We sprayed it outdoors and then we jumped in her pool and had a pool party while we waited. That's awesome. <laughs> and then um, everything else, the tree is brown fabric. Um, and we actually pulled it off of another TIFO um, that we had used. I ripped up, I'm sitting in my office and I, I ripped up the, the TIFO to get enough brown. And then we taped it together. You can't tell that it's, we call them Franken TIFOs. Um, you can't tell that that brown is probably multiple pieces and it was already on it. Right. Um, the green was fabric. We had just enough fabric for all those leaves to trace all the green out. Um, and then those are just peaches, um, you know, for each of our homegrown players and all of those names. I think I need to do the names a little bit bigger, but the names were done on my cricket. So through black fabric in the cricket and poof. You guys should be um, sponsored by cricket. That's like your fourth cricket name right, drop. But, right. So it was just. Um, you know, we found stuff, but it was all traced and done at my house. And then um, this one, we actually were able to find someone. We had us, we put this together in a gym. So we okay. lay it all out and then we place it together. Um, the Hispanic Heritage one was put together. One of our, um, he was not vice president at the time, but one of our members works at an elementary school as a gym coach. And he was able to get us the gym. Um, we used his gym a couple of times to put it together. We pretty much show up with a big piece of fabric and then we lay everything out and then just tape and spray adhesive away wow. for assembly day because you need a space to do it. So that first one that was the welcome coach, um, we put that together in my driveway. The letters were put on the driveway and I think the FedEx truck is coming down because I had ordered some gold foil that was that I didn't think would happen and he couldn't just try to turn around and we're like pulling everything up it was a mess we're in the driveway trying to put this tipo together and then it 
the rain's coming down. It starts raining and we all like get glue on what you can and then run in and we'll, <laughs> um, it, it was interesting, but, um, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I hate to say I'm, I'm almost running out of time here. The time flies talking about this stuff and there's a lot we didn't, a lot we didn't get to. Um, I, I do want to mention it, it. It's also exciting change that, uh, U.S. soccer is moving to Atlanta. Exciting for you. It's leaving Chicago, going to Sorry. Atlanta. Um, but it's amazing to see how it's really become this hub uh, for soccer. And I think that you and the supporters for Atlanta United are so much responsible for it. And so just as a fan, I want to say thank you for that. Um, and I can't wait to the day when the fire will regularly beat you again ever i don't think we ever have i don't know <laughs> regularly um, I don't know. not regularly for sure but uh, uh i it's really amazing cheryl and I, and I thank you so much for spending some time and talking absolutely. to us and um i would encourage i'm going to try to make it and i know that i hear it's one of the top venues in the country so anyone who's thinking about it make sure to go down to it really is I've, I've taken some coworkers who really don't really care about soccer and i throw them in extra jerseys and one of them, I we walked in and he's just like, his jaw dropped open. He was like a little kid in a candy store just from the moment he walked into that stadium, um, just even before the match starts at something else. That's amazing. All right, Cheryl, uh, thank you again. Um, and we will see you on the pitch. What a great interview. Um, it's so fun to hear these stories about the creation of these amazing artworks that are only up for a few minutes um, to be shared with fans and players and then taken down and to hear about the community that grows around these teams. So thanks for joining us this week. Um, Maria will be off in Scandinavia again next week, but I will see you here. Make sure to check out our website, thefootymuseum.com um, and follow us on social at The Footy Museum. Until then, Goodbye.